Hello, hello, guys. You're listening to Beauty Bites with Dr. K, Secrets of a Plastic Surgeon. And today on the podcast, I want to talk to you about your experience with Scientology, Steve Mango, famous for mango tea. And we are going to spill the tea about Hollywood beauty and questions that you want to ask me and questions I want to ask you. Yeah, awesome. I'm excited. I okay, guess. good. So classic 20s story of coming like a lost soul to L.A. and wanting to be an actor. And what kind of acting did you want to do? What role did you see yourself in? Yeah, so when I grew up, I wasn't ever doing like theater or any school plays. I was just always fascinated by television and film. And that's what I wanted to come to Hollywood to do. But again, my family, my dad was like a rocket scientist. My mom was an accountant. Like they were just completely um, like 20 minutes north of Boston. So on the East Coast, but a small town with like 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. And everyone just, you know, you get born there and you die there type of thing and <laughs> there was just you know obviously no entertainment Cradle industry to grave. stuff yeah exactly <laughs> and i really wanted to break out of that yeah. and all my friends were just kind of doing like their normal thing and i'm like oh i want to try to go to hollywood and become an actor mm-hmm. so i was like right after high school maybe like two weeks i got on a plane oh moved God, to la that's so brave i would never do that right out of high school i was so timid Oh, I mean, I was all about studying, too, but, you know. Right. (laughs) Totally different thing. (laughs) I was on this pathway, but. (laughs) Well, I wanted to be like a Disney star. I wanted to do Nickelodeon. So I knew that at 18, I could be a adult, but play a minor so I could work the adult hours on set. You still look really youthful, actually. It was up until, I think, two, three years ago, I think it was, I played a role for middle school, and I was like 25, and I played middle school. (laughs) So I still look pretty young. Dr. K is keeping me young, guys. (laughs) 28. 28. He looks like, Um, yeah, about 22. So that's true for all of Hollywood, I think. You have to play someone 10 years younger than yourself, mostly in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why like, I could have went to college. I could have went to... I got accepted into a lot of different programs for acting, but I said, no, like if I want to have my chance to try to play a teenager Mm -hmm. and try to play like these young roles, then I have to give it a shot now. But I didn't have, like I said, like any connections. I didn't know anyone in the industry. So you left home as a teenager and then you, this is a big city to come to. Those of you who are not from LA, that's quite intimidating. And then you must've got the classic waiter job. No, what I did no. was I worked on set. No, I didn't want to ever wait tables. No, I mean, I, sh- I should have started doing That's like the recipe uh, building, Steve. But I, oh, yeah, that, you that. just have to start as a waiter. Yeah. What I did was I worked on set as a stand-in, and I worked on set doing background jobs, but I was in the Screen Actors Guild, so those jobs paid a lot of money, so I got oh. to go on set. Okay, much smarter, those of you guys who are uh, coming to L.A. to be an actor, do that. It was cool because people don't know like you can make a lot of money like once you're in the union to do that. So even say for like Glee, I was a stand in on Glee for a few seasons. So you get to work for months. You're getting paid around it would depend on the day sometimes like 200 250 dollars a day so when you're 18 years old you're getting 250 dollars a day five days a week. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. And I don't have to, you know. That Sling and Wi-Fi, hash. you're yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I started getting more money in my pocket, but I didn't know how to actually get the speaking roles because those roles, yeah. working on set as a stand-in, it doesn't lead you anywhere. Okay. You're just always going to be a stand-in, always be an extra. Right. And I was just craving something more. And like I... Did you, you have know, a lot of confidence or were you always bugged by your nose, your appearance, or like as a teen? I mean, in your 20s, you guys that are 20, you judge yourself so harshly. So I just want to tell you, mm-hmm. don't do that because this is the most attractive that you're ever going to be when you're 20, 25, 30. Um, but people are so self-critical. And I wish I could talk to my 20-year-old self and just be like, yeah, 
you got it, girl, and wear that bathing suit and go out there and be really confident because yeah. it all goes a little bit worse by the time you're 30, 40, 50. Yeah, when you, you know? start seeing signs of like yeah. aging and stuff. But that's what you so always think. So were you think. confident coming to L.A.? Like you thought you could break onto the big screen, your nose, chin, I, jawline that wasn't hindering you? See, I knew at that time I wasn't going to be playing leading man. I knew I wasn't going to go in for these sexy guy roles. I knew I was going to play more charactery and dorky. Yeah. But, of course, for myself, I always felt like I wanted to be that. You always aspire to yeah. be like the character dorky nerds are Uh now the thing right nerds rule the world oh yeah yeah Yeah. everyone every show is a nerd now right (laughs) but i wanted to be kind of like a little bit more like kind of sexy like i i wasn't like super like self-conscious with my appearance but you always think when you're going in for these roles i'm not tall enough i'm not you know fat enough i'm not thin enough i'm not this i'm not that like you always are questioning these type of things I never really even talked about it. When I was younger, I was maybe like 15, 16, I had like a pretty serious eating disorder. Like I hmm. was completely, you know, Very skin thin. and bones. Oh, yeah, really? like anorexic. anorexic. Okay, and interesting. Yeah, my family and everything. It's were unusual just like, for so men. Mm-hmm. Very unusual. You know why? I realized it was like a control sort of thing mm-hmm. for my life because my family was very like, um, just very hard on me, very strict, very controlling. They were helicopter parents. Mm. Like every single little thing, if I got an 89 on a report instead of a 91, like I always just felt so bad about myself mm. and I didn't feel like I could ever Sorry. go out, go to parties or different yeah. things, whatever. So I would have like some form of control over myself through food. And now I don't have those problems, but for years like I was probably let me think of how much I weigh now versus then I was probably 60 pounds thinner when I was like 18. Wow isn't that nuts? a lot thinner. So um, that's just like how like you have like the Hollywood beauty standards and different things in your head like I need to feel thin because at those times even though for a guy it wouldn't really be like you have to be really thin but it was the time of like the Paris Hiltons and the Nicole Richies and these mm, different mm-hmm. females and on like the covers of these magazines it was all like thin as in that was like the whole thing it still is I then. think you guys don't mm-hmm. know but it's very true that the camera adds 10 pounds so people always say when they come see me how much tinier I, I am than I am on Instagram <laughs> yeah. but also when I see these actresses they're skeletally thin it's kind of really hard lifestyle to live but you have to be so thin to have all these angles which this is, I guess, what society does to actors and actresses, and it just that's why they end up doing all these little tweaks and things because the camera magnifies so much. And you see it, especially in like acting classes, you go to auditions and stuff like that, yeah. and you watch like the playback, and then you see, and you're like, oh, I wish my nose was a little bit, you know, a little, little raise or little here, tweaks, a little, little there. When you got your nose done, what kind of um, changes did you feel or how was it was it crazy wasn't it crazy to walk in with one nose and walk out with another oh yeah especially like same day (laughs) like you can see like a complete drastic sort of thing and now with my appearance and even I would say like more like as like an adult over the last few years I've been more just like confident and embracing different things like you can't be 100% symmetrical or 100% perfect and you see those Instagram posts too yeah. and they show like if you're completely symmetrical it you're doesn't look good you're not as attractive yeah. so I notice sometimes like little things actually I've that I would think before as a flaw I'm like more like satisfied mm-hmm. with but I love to be able to go and like contour do little things just more for just like the fun of it, more or less, mm-hmm. and being able to just to have a little bit of more, you know, confidence with little things. So tell me about Scientology. So you came to L.A., you started out as a stand-in, and then something drew you into Scientology, and then what did you just sort of become engulfed in this culture? 
Yeah, so I went to these different workshops and they didn't tell you it was Scientology right away. They tell you like, oh, it's how to get an agent, yeah, how to get a manager, how to do all these different things. So you take these like $50 book and lecture courses and you go to these different seminars and it all starts off easy. And then you start getting a little bit more involved where they say, you know, what is the one thing holding you back from being successful in the entertainment industry? Mm -hmm. And say for me, it'd be like, oh, I'm a little bit shy or I don't have a lot of confidence. Well, we have this course. So they find out what your ruin is. So it could, it's different for any one of us. Like, what is the one thing holding you back in your life? Mm-hmm. So if you're like, I have really bad anxiety or just something that you know that if you could change that, your life would change. And so then they say, work on you on that, like, one That one thing to keep selling you. have. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So they almost give you, like, a personality profile, and then they kind of size mm-hmm. you up as to where you're vulnerable <laughs> So they, go for it. Have you seen their e-meter device? It's kind of like a lie detector. Yeah. You hold these metal cans yeah. and it turns oh, out being dangerous later on. That's interesting. Later on when they're trying to, when you get more involved, they ask you really invasive questions about your life and it's kind of like a police polygraph. No, so that's they how can, they control you. Know you know how those work is they can, they're galvanic monitors. So mm-hmm. it senses when you sweat. When you sweat so everybody, you know, when you're anxious, you're you got little minuscule beads of perspiration, so they can probably tell, like, oh, that's the right question. Keep going on that vein or keep on, like, digging until you make a hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they figure out, like, basically they believe that you have this part of your mind that stores all your fears, your pains, your upsets. Anything that's wrong with you is stored in this part of the mind. So through their process of auditing, which is like a therapy that's just, like, Scientology counselors, they don't have any yeah, no mental background. health, no background, because they're very anti-psychiatry, anti-medicine. I mm-hmm. wouldn't take a Tylenol. I wouldn't take any form of medicine or anything because they feel it stores in your body, in your fatty tissues. Yeah. And basically, as it breaks down years later, if you do any sort of drugs or anything, it's going to re-stimulate through your body. And they have like all these really weird things about drugs. They think everything can be cured Everything's basically psychosomatic, they believe. Hmm. And only they have the answers. You have to go through all their processes. Everything's very, very expensive. So you joined and you paid all this money. So some of the money you paid voluntarily and other money they took from you, like up to $50,000. That's crazy. Uh And for a young kid, yeah. yeah. That's like all your stand-in money, all your acting money. Credit cards and stuff. What they would do is they have your credit cards and they would have everything on file. They have your social security number and they run by statistics. So any single time in the week, they need a certain dollar amount they'll Mm. go through all their parishioners and try to see how much they can get off your credit card at one time so then if you go oh you took that money off like I want a refund or something then you get kicked out of the church and then you lose all your friends family members because you get slowly like deeper and deeper into the fold and so you just don't want to miss that whole community that you're become engulfed in yeah Yeah. so it's hard to leave too Uh so it I was terrified to make any videos to speak out about it because I felt like I had what was your friends, turning point so. where you finally decided like okay this is something wrong it's not right for me or I just need more in my life they were very homophobic oh, believe really? it or not so they believe that being gay is equivalent to a criminal or yeah. like the lowest form of like so did life you have to existence. hide that about yourself were you already did you already come out by the time you were they here? didn't know oh they didn't know so no. you were in the closet still Um, at Scientology how about mm, at home did parents know or anybody not at this point not until I met my husband which is a little bit later on and he kind of helped me leave too because obviously since they were very anti-gay I had to secretly like say go on a date right because I couldn't know because I was starting to realize like no religion should be asking you for tens of thousands of dollars like why bankrupt someone for 
you know, your church. It just doesn't make sense. Like, why would right. they want to take all my money, all my time, just everything from me mm-hmm. and strip me completely of nothing for them? Mm-hmm. So once I started realizing that and seeing like no That's sort of religious tradition, isn't it? For like the Catholicism oh, and like all the different religions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. But it's different when they like hold you against your will yeah. and force the money out of you. Yeah. And like their eternal mission is to get as much money and real estate as possible, which is what Scientology is doing now, is just building you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of these buildings. They're buying up the city of Clearwater, which is in Florida, which is like their mecca. They bought, I think, 192 buildings in the last three years. In one city. In one wow. city. So they're I have to noticed over. in various cities that they have some of the best prime real estate in the really nice locations. So that's what they're mm-hmm. doing with all your donation dollars. Yeah, people like me who gave money to them are yeah, now building these building buildings. Building this real estate empire. You have to wonder, like, who's who's behind it? Who's on the board? Is it all like... It's one person, David Miscavige, who's the leader of the church. And he's like completely he he monopolized Scientology essentially and long stories guys but basically he took control and anyone who had any power in the church got either kicked out or demoted so just this one one leader, leader who's taking control of the whole entire church and he has hundreds of millions of dollars and just so much money coming in every single week wow. and people I are being have to wonder what for, people do mm-hmm. with all that money have you ever thought about like if you were super ultra rich what you would do with so 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 much money if like there are people billion that dollars. don't i mean <laughs> i personally think i would kind of get over like okay fancy purses and cars and like okay there's only so much of that, that like before buy. it's like an empty life yeah, and then I you're mean, like, what more do you have? Yeah, you have nice stuff. You can't take it to the grave type of thing. You can't take it to the grave. And, like, if I look back at my life, honestly, I was happiest in, like, college and sweatpants and shorts with, like, a bunk bed and, like, a dorm room just and pizza simple. and simple and just, like, lots of time and fun. Mm-hmm. And it was not about, you know, purses, shoes, fancy restaurants or nothing like that. So I don't know. I just have to wonder, like, how much money satisfies those kind of people. If you're someone like that, I feel like, and they – or even like they thrive off of social media today people. like it's uh-huh. so much about like things and materialism and buy stuff and accumulate and project all this wealth and then it's like okay then what uh-huh. It's kind of like a least life for a lot of influencers and stuff too. People who like, oh, like, let me use your purse for my post and those type of things. So they want to take photos and live this influencer life. And I know that you've probably come across lots of influencers in your practice. And I obviously do a lot of YouTube and beauty drama. And I kind of see the lifestyle of different influencers and stuff. And it's so much of an illusion that people don't know. It but really it's something is. that I was just thinking about too, was for you too, seeing influencers and seeing like, Photoshop and filters and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just so crazy to me, this influencer life that's almost deceptive to the everyday person who doesn't know. And then other people feel Mm -hmm. bad. Then they start getting self-conscious about themselves. And I just feel like... It's like one of my pet projects to really demystify Mm -hmm. and show the filtered life. Because I think it does damage our psychology and our self-esteem to constantly be bombarded by these images of perfect people when in reality, they're number one, not perfect, number two, normal mm-hmm. like the rest of us, and number three, doing so many things to maintain, and the appearance is so doctored that you right. almost can't recognize the real person. And everybody, where filters are fun, I don't, I don't mind filtering, but I also think like the human mind can only take so much fake imagery before it starts believing that that's the real image. Uh-huh. You know, and kids don't know that. Young people don't know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, normal women, don't know that these are filtered images. They just think that that is beauty. That's what they need to attain. Mm-hmm. And if they fall short, then they're very self-critical. Right. Totally. Yeah. And so I that noticed, disturbs me a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I think about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> See, I noticed too, because I don't know if you know from this part, like after Scientology, I became a celebrity hairdresser no, for a I number didn't of know years. That. Yeah, okay, where to, was your salon? So basically what happened was left Scientology, met my husband, we got married. And then once I kind of got back on my feet again, I said, I always want to go to beauty school. But my family said, it's for girls. Like you can't do that. And again, yeah. like all these issues I had with my family in the past, I'm like, I'm going to do it as an adult. Like screw that. Like I didn't want to do that to because what also happened was I started getting a little bit older, so I couldn't play 15 years old on Nickelodeon, so some of those stand-in jobs and stuff started drying up. Mm-hmm. So I needed something else to kind of fill myself. But anyways, I went to Paul Mitchell in Sherman Oaks. Then I started nice. working at these different celebrity hair salons. I worked at Frederick Fakai, which was on Melrose Place, and they had yeah. a ton of things they closed down on Melrose. So did you so do a, a cuts, color, cut and color? Book? I was trying to be a colorist. Oh, cool. So I worked for a lot of different like celebrity hairstylists. Tell me, and I need some hair work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It could we be multitasking. We'd be podcasting, right? YouTubing, and hair color, hair coloring everything. all at once. I'm a multitasker. <laughs> right, but it, like even like, I don't know like how many celebrities that you've worked with. Some of the celebrities that I've encountered, like you have some good ones and you have some bad ones, but it's just funny where, you know, some of these women would bring in photos of these different celebrities celebrities and stuff and you're like you wouldn't look good with that hairstyle anyways and plus that client I've done her hair before too and she's not really all that yes, <laughs> and we're gonna right? spill some tea for you guys exactly. I've worked on some like A-listers and stuff like that but people will say people oh, also don't know doesn't. there's so much hair deception did you know like how many tape filters in, and stuff like and that the, and, and like the extensions the number of fake layers of hair that's like they, many many of these people have thinning balding and like no hair and what would happen and they're too wearing is, wigs and they're wearing all extensions. And like, uh, I would say 100% of people on the red carpet wear hair extensions. Well, what happens too is... Is that true or false? Oh, yeah, no, 100%. But what happens See? though, what happens though too is people want this like super icy white platinum blonde, for example, or these really like yes. super neon colors. It's all Photoshopped. It's all filtered. You could so easily add hair in Photoshop. You can kind of drag hair down. People put in hair extensions and clip-ins and stuff to take their Instagram yeah. photos before they leave the salon. And there's just so much that goes on with the hair. But hmm. that is some of the most filtered Photoshop stuff on different. I'm the not going to expose who, but there's a lot of like really big hairdressers and stuff that are popular on Instagram and stuff. And it does not look like that coming out of the salon. No one's hair gets like that white, like Elsa sort of white hair color. Then people go and they pay some of these hairstylists. Oh yeah, like I'll do your hair like that thousand dollars or however yeah. much. And it's like unattainable to like they get that. Get... The same thing with the fillers and stuff. Certain things aren't accomplishable. Certain things you can, but some things you can't It always do. amazes like me a little bit how people will point to a picture on their phone and just be like, I don't look like that. And I'm like, do you not realize that there's Facetune and Photoshop going on here? And like there's yeah. three mm-hmm syringes of filler where you think it's just one and it's so natural and it's three syringes so Mm -hmm. i think it's a lot of education that we have to do and i think a lot of people yeah they don't realize they just look at instagram and think that's what i want that's what i can get and it's almost like this like millennial i hate saying that because i'm a millennial but it's like this millennial idea that you're going to (laughs) get what you want because i'm entitled to that or i see that i can get that or i heard there's a new hashtag it's hashtag okay boomer it means the millennials are coming to get us baby boomers (laughs) i'm not even a baby boomer but it's like when you criticize a millennial they're like okay boomer coming to get you yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so let's talk a little about the tea tell me about the hollywood beauty scene and what things are interesting and trending right now um, so yeah, if you guys don't know, I have Mango Tea, which is my channel where I I didn't initially intend to 
come on YouTube to expose beauty influencers or the makeup world. Basically, how I got my start on that was there was this drama channel. You guys are watching here on my channel, too. We're live streaming a little bit on mine. So these people who are watching on my phone know who I'm talking about. But there's a YouTuber, and he starts um, creating like a makeup line. Uh And he starts manufacturing in China. And there's a lot of shady stuff that started going on. So I started from my background in the beauty industry thought I can make a video and expose the truth about like all the lies that was going on with his makeup company. Okay. So I did Wait, that for my first video. Oh, I don't even want to say his name cause he's not, <laughs> he's not even worth saying oh, on okay. any, I don't want to give him any attention anymore. There was also anymore. a woman who did that too, <laughs> but, right? Recently. Oh yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that yeah. in two seconds. So that's how I started getting into that. Then I started exposing more different things that are going on behind the scenes behind the scenes and beauty yeah and like beauty and the influencers because like we were kind of saying like these influencers kind of give this image of perfection but sometimes you know i want to kind of clock it as they would say and kind of expose like when something's not real or mm-hmm. accurate yeah and it's the same thing two things or a couple of things have been happening recently but i guess from the last two three months ago jacqueline hill and her lipsticks yes, so jacqueline hill horrible. huge beauty influencer and she came out with her own um lipstick line and again she was going to branch off into other cosmetics so jacqueline cosmetics and what happened was um, the lab that she was using, allegedly Prisha, is the cosmetics lab. And what happened was there's different sanitation issues and stuff. And I have a whole series on my YouTube channel about it. But there'd be like little hairs like growing out of the lipsticks, like different fibers yeah, growing out of it, cringe. molds and different things. Oh, and the yummy. thing which... I think that you would say too, it's not regulated as an industry and it should be because you're putting it on your face and this yeah. is something that can cause burns, irritations, rashes, and when all sorts of things. it's produced overseas, it's particularly bad because like you could just look at these countries where the products are produced and they dump literally toxins into their fresh rivers and like I'm sure that there's lead, poison, mercury, uh, animal all kinds feces of, in some of them sometimes. All kinds of stuff and in your cosmetics that are coming from China and other places. Yeah, you don't know the India, labs. And places where the regulation may not be so good. Yeah, you don't know what the labs are like or you what their standards are if they're wearing hair nets. Everything on Amazon too is like very unregulated especially if you're trying to buy skincare on Amazon. I have mm. to say major red flag. Major. Really? Yeah. I mean they're getting better about requiring companies to show patients paperwork that shows they're produced in a, a laboratory by federal with federal accreditation guidelines and general good safety practices but there's but no fda regulation no. for the specific products or anything it's no. just hoping that the lab that they're using is up to a certain standard and quality to be able to exactly produce it's considered like generally manufactured safe you know but if you think about it too, like not. these influencers who do like skincare and makeup and these sort of things, people are trusting them. Like, wow, like for example, with Jacqueline, I love Jacqueline Hill, they'll say. Mm-hmm. She knows makeup. She knows the ins and outs. She would never sell me a product that mm-hmm. is bad. Like her thing is being a beauty influencer and she's influential and she has these fans and she's selling this product that you're, could affect your health. And people, again, showing videos and pictures. I went to the hospital for this or that. And people have different bad yeah. reactions to these products. So then someone like her say she makes or she puts out a hundred thousand units of those lipstick containers right then you know she's selling those for say fifty dollars you know think of all that money then just refund in the labs and that could bankrupt an influencer right there for one bad launch as it should but do you think that she should be canceled forever in that thing because that's the other thing people are saying too should she never come out with makeup again should she use is it the lab's know, fault is it the i mean i think as someone who produces a skincare line herself myself i am so particular about it like i have personally tested all these products on myself first my family second my 
staff and friends third before I will launch anything on the general public. And it has to be manufactured with good safety production guidelines. Everything has to be FDA approved ingredients. And I think if you don't do your homework, then you get, you sow what you reap, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So, yeah. That's right. So, I mean, I really think you have a responsibility and an obligation to your consumers and also to yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, yes, putting something on your skin topically has absorption into the bloodstream. Even a product as safe mm-hmm. as sunscreen, when you put sunscreen on, these sunscreens that are in Target and everywhere all around us, Neutrogena, Coppertone, et cetera, right. you know, the studies have shown that blood levels of those chemicals are in, they're in your blood within 30 mm. minutes after applying on your skin. Right. So I think that we all have a responsibility to ourselves to be careful what we buy. And it's, you know, goes without saying that you get what you pay for. And, um, and I love your sunscreen. I use yours every day. And I that's just by coming to see you, I realized that it is important to use sunscreen, which I never did. And the worst thing was when I was a kid, I always thought that I always wanted to be tan because I was in Boston. It was cold and I was really white and yeah. I wanted to have a tan. So I would never use sunscreen, anything. I go to Florida and I would get these really, really bad burns. And I... it would be like those bubbles sort oh of like God, popping. That's so horrible worst. to hear because you're heard like increased was, risk of skin cancer. I heard that it takes, that. I don't know where I heard this. Maybe I saw it on <clears throat> your Instagram. I don't know who said it, but it takes 10 years of that time when you got the exposure for it to take effect. So if that happened to me at 15, at 25, I could have the effect it's of It's going to show up about 10 years or, later, but one blistering sunburn can give you, you know, 20% increased risk of a skin cancer. Mm. So, yeah. So now like I'm Tinted, religious with mineral, yours. Mineral <laughs> sunscreens yours. are the best because the ultraviolet rays just bounce right off you. Mineral stuff is not absorbed systemically, so I'm a big believer in that. And you want medical grade, which yours is, instead yes. of just getting something off the counter and you don't know necessarily. Definitely. And then um, I definitely want um, to have people go follow you on your Instagram and your YouTube. I think yes. you're you're full of all these great ideas. And I love your beauty tips and tricks. So Yeah, you guys um, can find me at Stephen Mango on Instagram. If you want to keep up with all of the beauty drama, the influencers, if you want to see and hear about, say, the Jaclyn Hill lipsticks or recently what happened was Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson came out with the palette. So I spill all the tea of all the beauty and makeup. So that's Mango Tea on YouTube, T-E-A, like the drink. If you want to hear more about like my, I have a two and a half hour film about my time in Scientology. Oh my gosh. So, that's so if you're in Scientology on, yeah. and you're trying to get out, you should check him out. Mangotology, Mangotology. And if you're 20 and you're breaking into acting, message him and ask him some questions yeah avoid scientology yes. at all costs for and if that. you're someone who wants to get an injection rhinoplasty done i'm going to post steve's before and after pictures in his video his nose is super cute right now i love it we so also much. did his jawline with two syringes of filler and his dr chin. k's exposing me right now with all the fillers i've had done. no keep going keep going <laughs> don't worry it's on my instagram it's beauty by dr k check no, it out i'm totally open we're about transparent it. because we are all about like you can live the filtered life but you should tell people what you do girl because then we can all look good, right? I, I hate it when you see certain people and they're like, oh, I just I went to get a facial or something. And you know that the person that you're seeing is an injector. You know they just got their yeah, lips done. You know, sorry, And so happens. many people aren't honest about it. Like, I'll tell you guys everything. If you guys want to message me and I'll tell you about my experience with Dr. K, honestly, about how everything went, which is amazing. You guys can write to me if you need, like, if you're nervous, you're not sure about fillers, then write to me, guys, and I can give you some words of wisdom on getting fillers. Well, I love go. Dr. K. And Steve and I um, did a TikTok video, so in case you want to check that out, we're going into TikTok next. Yeah, no, we're TikTokers. <laughs> Whoever's out there that's on TikTok that wants to help us yes, yes, follow learn us, and master TikTok, 
message us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need some technical help. <laughs> well, that's it for now. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I um, can't wait to work with you more. I think we have a really fun um we have a fun together dynamic. when we get together we have a good dynamic and, and we have a video coming out on my channel we're going to film that right after this we're filming a video where dr kane are going to talk a little bit more in depth about like plastic surgery fillers and ask stuff, me all your so. questions yeah we have lots of questions guys so go check that out yeah, check that out that's it for now everybody don't forget to find me on my instagram at beauty by dr k d-r-k-a-y and my website is the same www.beautybydrk.com and you can listen to this podcast on tuesdays and we do a five minute friday and check out the skincare including the best sunscreen ever at yes. beauty by dr k that's it for now guys stay beautiful stay beautiful guys <laughs>